My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. told that everyone has a voice everyone deserves to be heard but as soon as we speak out we are often told that we're just teenagers and we've never experienced real life and we don't know what it's really like in the real world and all that but what they don't realize is that we're living in the real world like from a young age we've experienced things that maybe we shouldn't have we're also at a point in our life where we haven't been defeated. We don't feel like we can't do anything. That's the voice of Piper Lockhart. They and Brie Villeneuve are today's guests on Talking Radical Radio. This show brings you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are involved in many different struggles, talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening can strengthen all of our efforts to change the world. Brie Villeneuve is a grade 12 student at Grant Park High School in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Piper Lockhart is a grade 11 student at Collège Louis Riel, a French language high school in Winnipeg. Both are core organizers with Manitoba Students for COVID Safety, a student-led group advocating for safer schools in light of inadequate action from the Manitoba provincial government to keep educators, staff, and students safe during the COVID-19 pandemic. Most of us are familiar with at least the broad outline of how the pandemic has unfolded in Canada. At the outset of the crisis in March 2020, most governments responded with significant initial restrictions, enabled by never quite adequate but still substantial emergency supports from the federal government, in some places augmented provincially in various ways. Though that initial response suggested at least hints of a logic of prioritizing people's lives and well-being, since then, in most jurisdictions, it's clear that within the hard limit of keeping the healthcare system from collapsing, governments have completely reverted to the logic of prioritizing corporate profits above all else. Exactly what that has looked like has varied considerably in different places, in its details and in the magnitude of governmental indifference to death and suffering from COVID-19. But some basic facts are broadly true. One, lots of people have died and ended up with significant long-term impairments that did not need to happen. And two, Government measures have been confusing and exhausting, and have put far too much emphasis on individual choices and punitive or carceral responses, and not nearly enough on using public resources to directly keep us safe and to support us in keeping each other safe. In the interview that follows, Villeneuve and Lockhart talk about the big picture of the COVID response from the Manitoba government, and specifically how it has played out in schools. After the start of the pandemic, the balance of that school year in the spring of 2020 was online. In the fall of 2020, most schools were back in person, with students divided into cohorts so not everyone was physically present at the same time, and mandatory masks, and basic distancing and sanitizing measures. According to Villeneuve and Lockhart, over that year there were lots of confusing changes to the rules, and far too little was done to support teachers, staff, and students. There was also a lack of transparency about case counts in schools, closures, and so on. Lockhart said, quote, It was just an all-out stressful time, end quote. They said that even having the summer off was not enough for a lot of students to get rid of the burnout that they were experiencing. 
And in the current school year, things have been much the same. Inadequate safety measures and supports, lots of confusion and stress, except this year, the baseline has gone back to schools at 100% capacity. MB Students for COVID Safety started out as a social media page launched by a single student. From that, it became a small group of core organizers, including today's guests, located in a handful of schools. And from there, the call out for a student walkout to demand safer schools spread far and wide. More than 90 schools across Manitoba saw at least some of their students walk out of class on January 17th, and many more just stayed home. The group's demands are that the provincial government provide all students, teachers, and staff with medical or KN95 masks, that they reinstate contact tracing for schools, that they make rapid tests freely available for students at all grade levels, that they invest the necessary resources to substantially improve ventilation in schools, and that they make the option of online learning available for all students who want it. After their successful action in January, they're currently engaged in a broad consultation via social media to determine next steps. But in the face of ongoing indifference to student, teacher, and staff safety from the provincial government, they refuse to give up. Lockhart said, quote, We just want to be safe in a place where we're told we should be safe. End quote. I speak with Villeneuve and Lockhart about COVID-19, Manitoba's schools, and MB students for COVID safety. My name is Piper Lockhart. I'm 16. I use they-them pronouns. I'm a high school student in 11th grade. I grew up in a very diverse family, I guess, and I was always taught that everyone's equal. And the thing is, I didn't really know about racism, ableism, homophobia, transphobia, or that kind of thing until it kind of hit me in the real world, until I had friends who were experiencing it. And there were other students who I knew who weren't as accepting. And I was completely, I, I was like scandalized almost. And that's kind of what got me started on this whole thing. I am a part of the LGBTQ plus community. So I kind of pushed for that. I just try to make spaces that I'm in as accepting to everyone around me. I'm actually the president of my school's GSA, so Gay Straight Alliance. We work on a lot of things to help make our school a better place. And that's kind of one of the reasons I actually joined Manitoba Students for COVID Safety. I'm Brie Villeneuve. I'm 18. My pronouns are they, them. I go to high school in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm in grade 12, so my graduating year. I grew up in like a very accepting household, and my mom has been doing social justice activism since she was young as well, so I've kind of picked it up from her. I started my personal actions to better my community in grade two, and I've just only learned so much more from there. And recently I have started to advocate for myself as someone who is part of like marginalized groups like LGBTQ plus and disability. So it's important that I use the voice that I found myself to have in advocating and use it for other people who may not have that option or know how to. And Piper and I are both part of MB Students for COVID Safety which is a student-led group advocating for safer schools due to the lack of support from our provincial government in keeping all educators and staff and students in schools all across Manitoba safe during the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Tell listeners a bit about the schools that you go to. I go to Grand Park High School, which is in the central west end of Winnipeg, I would say. There's roughly 1,200 students and around 100 teachers, I believe, or staff. And we are a grade 7 to 12 school. We have a lot of diversity in our school as well. And I'd say that my school and the division in itself, Winnipeg School Division, has done a pretty good job at COVID safety protocols and implementing them. It would just then fall down to students and staff. I go to Collège Louis Riel which is part of the Division Scolaire Franco-Maintoban. So I go to an all-French school. And that is in central St. Boniface, so like right in the middle of Winnipeg, right on the east side of the Red River. In general, my school's a pretty accepting place. Now, there is racism, homophobia, transphobia in the school, some of it by teachers. And... A lot of people are annoyed by it, and a lot of people will actively speak out about it, but the admin doesn't seem to listen as much as we wish they would. So with the GSA, we try and help not only the queer community, but also the other communities that are in our school. Go through, in a chronological way, what the pandemic response has been like in Manitoba, in a big-picture way, and how that has shown up in your experiences at school. And start back in March 2020. It seemed during the pandemic that our provincial government was more about keeping the economy going than actual safety for the population. At the beginning, schools were closed when there was one suspected case. That was originally said for three weeks, but after that, it kind of went until the end of the school year. I'm not sure if it was like this in another school, but grades were frozen. So the grade that you had in March, you could go higher, but you couldn't go lower than that. And there were issues, whether that be lack of resources for teachers, for students. And, you know, teachers work so hard to accommodate every single student and tried their best to get everyone the best education they could give in that situation. I know myself, I was working from 8.30 a.m. to 7 o'clock at night some days just from all the schoolwork. And that isn't the teacher's fault. It's more just that's what we would have done in class. But just from everything going on, it was so much more difficult. If I had a bit less work, I would have absolutely stayed online until now or until things were safer. Anyways, I'm back in school now. And the summer went by. Uh, And here Lockhart is referring to the summer of 2020 and goes on to talk about the 2020-2021 school year. It was stressful. And that's kind of the point where it started getting confusing. Every other week there were different rules. We weren't really sure what rules are still applicable, what were the new rules. And over the summer it was just constantly changing and everything was kind of confusing. So basically... First semester, you were in class, for my school at least. There were cohorts. You were in the same class, but teachers had to move around instead of students. So, of course, they had less resources than what they would usually have. I know there was a bit of fear every time there is a student absence. At one point, one of my teachers had contracted COVID, and it was scary. I think the entire school was out for two weeks at that point. 
Also, the government wasn't super transparent on which schools were open and closed and how many cases were in each school. There's actually a master doc online that was made by a member of the community, and they were asking people to send in letters from schools to add to their master doc, and that sort of compiled the amount of students who were sick, because that wasn't something you could find from the government. And yeah, it was just an all-out stressful time. No one really wanted to be at school, but no one wanted to be home either. Burnout was big. There was so much burnout. Even throughout the summer, usually the summer is enough to help students get back on their feet and get rid of burnout. This summer... And this is now referring to the summer of 2021 and then the current school year. ...wasn't enough, and many students started off the school year already burnt out, and there hasn't really been a moment where... We could help with that. And also, you know, instead of worrying about our schoolwork, which our parents and teachers tell us to do, it's kind of mandatory to think about just what's going on around you. Are you following the proper protocols? What's going on in the world? And it was just absolute chaos. You never really know what's coming next. So anxiety about that has been bad. And just being in school in general has actually made my mental health worse. I feel more anxious. I'm more jumpy. I get extremely uncomfortable in hallways. I don't like it when someone else sits next to me in classes. And just, yeah, I do my best so that the people at home in my family have a lower risk of getting COVID. I think that our province was generally pretty proactive in the start because there was a lot of uncertainty around COVID-19 and how it was going to affect. So, you know, shutting down schools, which were likely going to be a super site for spreading, was probably a good idea, except they kind of left us on our own to struggle. And they said, yeah, we're just not going to let you go back to in-person and here's nothing in return. And then they hopefully spent that time thinking of what to do in the next school year. But given the response I've seen from parents and teachers, that didn't really happen. So last year when we went back to school, most, if not all, had a cohort system. And then they would go either every other day, my school, because we had three, you'd go in the morning one day, the afternoon, the next day, and then you would stay home the entire day, the following one, which was really frustrating for people who live further from our school. And in terms of in schools, I believe all of them had mandatory hand sanitizer when you enter and preferably when you're shifting around places as well. And of course, masks would be worn at all times and you had to follow like direction arrows for my school, at least in hallways and stuff to limit clustering and traffic going into each other. And I think that it worked pretty well. My school and quite a few others didn't hit the point where they had to close because there was a lot of COVID cases. There definitely could have been more done to help that, as I do know that other schools did have to close or had groups, multiple of them, go on isolation for two weeks because someone had a COVID case. And during winter break, because there was a concern that a lot of people would catch COVID over that time, we did remote for a couple of weeks. And then we went back to in-person. And then again in May, we went to remote because COVID cases were really spiking in Manitoba. And we stayed like that for the rest of the year. Now we're into 
this school year where I believe all Manitoba schools have gone back to 100% capacity. Masks are still mandatory. Hand sanitizer is still being used, but it's not as enforced because COVID is airborne. And that has been like proven multiple times. And the support towards like students and staff has not been given. And there's been a lot of uncertainty and confusion, as Piper was saying. And our provincial government has really been, you know, we want you to stay open because it's important, but we're going to give you practically nothing to make sure you can stay like this. How did Manitoba Students for COVID Safety get started? Our original organizer, Ava, is currently on break because of mental health reasons, which we all support. But she started the MB Students for COVID Safety page with one of our other members who was consulting on it, but has since joined and has been helping out. And Ava had reached out to me personally after seeing that I was commenting on the post and being really supportive of it and calling out people who were spreading misinformation on it and asked if I wanted to help organize as she was pretty much working alone. I then mentioned that I was working with two other students from Grant Park who were planning on doing a walkout just at our school. So we all joined forces together. I was then talking in our social justice club group that I was organizing this as well. And one of our members, Joey, had asked if they could join. And Joey at the time was on call with Piper. And so they both ended up joining. And so we are a group of seven who are all currently handling a lot of schoolwork and final assessments, as well as trying to, you know, keep our family safe and choosing between staying home and possibly losing education or going to school and risking ours and our family's health and hoping that the provincial government will start to act on what we're asking for because they've refused to comment on anything. I next asked Piper and Bree about the specific issues in Manitoba schools right now that prompted them to get involved in this organizing. And note that this interview took place before the most recent announcement by the Manitoba government that it would be significantly reducing public health and safety measures in many, many different ways. The last thing the government really did was just say, you're going to stay home for a week and that's going to be your make sure you don't have COVID week. And that was all online schooling. And everyone is just so burnt out. And after that, we were kind of just told, go back to school, no changes. And a lot of people were like, um, okay, could we uh, have some resources? And the government just never said anything. Just said that students are less at risk, so the students will be fine. They did not mention anything about their families. And then they also said that it was for our mental health, even though probably the best thing for our mental health is probably therapy for every student in the province. But it's difficult to get mental health resources right now. Part of the reason that we felt such a strong urge to start this now is because of the Omicron variant which is extremely dangerous in terms of the way that it spreads, as it's four times faster than the original COVID-19 variant, which means that, you know, sticking a thousand people or even 300 people together in one building where ventilation is poor, proper masks aren't being worn, and sometimes people don't even wear theirs. We have people that are like sitting together extremely close. Hallways are crowded. 
there was a large fear that everyone would be getting the variant extremely fast. I know personally my school is releasing COVID-19 positivity stuff that they know of. In the first week back, we had 10 cases and the second week we had 20. So it's already doubled in one week, which means that it's just only going to get higher. There's a lot of people who are also staying home at least 15% from my understanding because they don't feel safe in schools right now. It doesn't matter that the average student or youth won't be seriously affected by Omicron or COVID-19 in general. Most of these people live with family members who could be immunodeficient, could have conditions that will make it worse. Not to mention that it's not just students in a school building. There are teachers, administration. In my school, we have an inclusion support program, which means that these students are likely going to be higher risk for COVID-19 and have negative effects from it. We wouldn't have been in this position if our provincial government had reacted accordingly and listened to our school divisions, our schools, our teachers, our parents, and now even our students saying that they aren't doing enough to keep us safe and keep us going. Tell me about the student walkout that your group organized on January 17th why you chose that tactic, how you organized it, how it played out, and so on. I know that the walkout was chosen because it's kind of a symbolism as like, you know, I'm going to go to school, but I don't feel safe here. So I'm walking out during school hours. I'm losing my education to say, I don't feel safe. We had 91 schools sign up, as well as some others who had asked after our deadline, so we didn't put it up. So maybe around 95 schools in total who had reached out to us and multiple students from some schools as well. It was a big social media movement. That is honestly your best way to get youth's engagement in this generation is through social media because so many are active on it. It spreads really quickly, either through, you know, people sharing it because they're supportive of it or they're sharing it because they want to send it to their friends and say, wow, this is really silly. Like, what a bunch of fools. But, you know, that's bringing more traction to us at the end of the day. We also had parents follow us and tell their kids about it and teachers as well and school administration check us out and talk to their school about it and school divisions were aware of it. It spread very fast. It was incredibly overwhelming, but it was worth it at the end because we had a good turnout. This generation has got a lot of power from the oppression that our parents and our grandparents has faced. And we're not going to back down just because a couple adults are saying that, you know, this isn't up to us to speak on or we have, you know, maybe a dozen people harassing us because we're just trying to share our voice and share our concerns. That's not going to stop us from trying to protect not even ourselves at this point. It is a community thing. We're trying to help everyone in this scenario. We had, in my school division, around 300 people walk out, as well as many stay home. So, you know, we got maybe 500 or more people saying that they don't feel safe all on one day at the same time. And we've had people show support since that walkout day as well. And it was really about just trying to get our provincial government to hear a voice and see that we're not giving up and that if they don't want to help us, they need to resign and let someone else help us. In schools, we're told that everyone has a voice. Everyone deserves to be heard. 
But as soon as we speak out, we are often told that we're just teenagers and we're just doing this to get time off or that we're just doing this for fun. Or we're told that we're just teenagers and we've never experienced real life and we don't know what it's really like in the real world and all that. But what they don't realize is that we're living in the real world. Like from a young age, we've experienced things that maybe we shouldn't have. We've experienced things or we've been taught about the horrors of life from a really young age. Sure, we may not have, you know, experience in a job environment and all that, but we're also at a point in our life where we haven't been defeated. We don't feel like we can't do anything. I mean, we do, but that doesn't stop us. We're not at a point where we're too busy with our lives to do anything about it. What are you demanding that the government do to keep students and education workers safe? Our demands are either mandatory medical grade masks for absolutely everyone or supplying KN95 or N95 masks for all school staff and students, reinstating contact tracing for all Manitoba schools as they stopped that recently, which is extremely bad and has left teachers who aren't technically supposed to be doing this, but contacting parents and saying like, hey, you know, there's been a positive case that I found out about. You may want to get your kid to isolate. Improved ventilation like HEPA filters as the provincial government is not doing so and it's been left up to schools rapid tests available for all junior high and high school. They're currently only available for elementary right now. We want the option of remote learning for students who do not feel safe attending in-person learning or cannot for whatever reasons. Not the full reinstatement unless it's completely necessary. What can you say at this point about the group's future plans? We put a call out to staff and parents and other students and just people around Manitoba of what they want to see in Manitoba schools to make it safer and how they think that it could be effective. We're a small group of people, so it is difficult to work just by ourselves. So we want to reach out for that support and we want to make sure that the actions we're choosing to try and get the provincial government to hear our voices and even our school divisions as well is safe in terms of COVID. We want to make sure that the actions we choose are best for our community and environment. In the meantime of a bigger action item, we're just getting people to like email our top doctor, email their MLAs, email or call even if you want the premier and our new education minister you know, contact them and say that you think that schools are unsafe and these are the things that we're demanding to be input. And hopefully with enough support, we can get the provincial government to listen before we have to take that another big step of an action item that's, you know, like a walkout or some kind of large protest of some sort. You have been listening to my interview with Bree Villeneuve and Piper Lockhart of Manitoba Students for COVID Safety. To learn more about the group, search for MB Students for COVID Safety on Twitter or Instagram. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show. 
On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and other platforms. I'm Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, published by Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. Thank you.